You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Greenway works wide against Kadri. Drops it back. Brodine scores! That's a winner for the Wild! 4-3 in overtime! GWG, right? Yeah. GW- Why didn't he go with GWG again? Didn't come with him. Uh, well, no, no, no. That that was um, an OT GWG. Well, right, right. Yeah, he said that's that, what that but, was. Yeah. Well, he why didn't why, did why, that once? I guess. your guy here. Is he? Done, I don't know. Is he, I was is there, he done man. I was there. Aren't all you? I all I know all I know is that this team is different when it's scrubs are playing. You and your guy carts. I thought you. I thought you'd have something positive to say. Well, it must have been late. I wasn't watching it. Must have been late night for you coming back from the X and having yeah. to catch up on a four hour Royal Rumble to yeah. oh, be immersed God, in today's show with us. Oh, you know, I'm so. Oh, oh no, was that last night? I didn't watch a second of the wild game last. Yeah, that's because. Yeah, that's because freaking (laughs) Edge, Edge coming back. You want to talk about Edge? Was Bono there? See, honestly, he might have been because 47 year old Edge won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, Edge. With his hat on. With his cap on. All right, we're gonna we're gonna break down the entire weekend that was in sports and trades and other things uh, related to Minnesota sports. But uh, let's shout out. Federated Mutual Insurance Company here. They've been helping us at SCORE as a great partner for a number of years. They've been helping business owners for over 100 years, since 1904, based in Owatonna, Minnesota. They are one of us, and they have stepped their game up even more in 2021. Federated Mutual Insurance Company recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. Now, as a business owner, how helpful would it be for you to have employee training at your fingertips? Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. That's where Federated comes in with MyShield. You can go and find out more information about MyShield through federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Lions agreed with his position as they start over with a new regime led by general manager Brad Holmes and head coach Dan Campbell. Well, it only took about a week for the offers to come in, and there were many, including, I can tell you, multiple teams, other teams besides the Rams, who offered their first-round draft picks in this year's draft as part of a deal to land Matthew Stafford. The Rams lent something different to the conversation. They did not have a first-round draft pick in 2021, but they do have future first-round draft picks, and they had a quarterback in Jared Goff that they were looking to move on from as well. Our friend Tom Pelissero reporting on a blockbuster NFL trade over the weekend. Mackie and Judd, Declan producing. And I feel like the entire conversation so far, the last three days since this trade went down, two days, whatever it's been, has been around the Rams and Matt Stafford. Is nobody thinking about Jared Goff's feelings in all of this? He goes from a cerebral, great, thoughtful, <laughs> offensive coach in Sean McVay. Yep. To this guy. Dan Campbell doesn't just like football. Dan Campbell loves 
football. We're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap. And we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. All right, that's going to be the mentality. Football, football, yeah, football, football. Dan Campbell not become the first coach in the history of the National Football League not to be fined off his first press conference. Can we confirm that he wasn't? He threatened bodily harm. You can't do that. Like, he was very well, close no, you know, to he, saying... He's calling it self-defense, if you listen to it. He's saying, they will be knocking us down, and to defend ourselves, we will take chunks out of their kneecaps. He was very close to saying, essentially, we will shoot you, and then as you start to stagger and get get up, we will put the kill shot between your eyes. I mean, how do you not get fined 50 grand for that? I, I don't know. I, I, you guys, I guess he just got caught up in the moment. I don't know. I right. need. I need, like... The moment Jared Goff was told, hey, I know two years ago you were the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. And number one overall pick, living in Los Angeles, California. You got Sean McVay over here. You got an Instagram model, girlfriend or wife or whatever. And now you're being traded to the perpetually dysfunctional and rebuilding Lions. And that guy's your coach. (laughs) Woof. Yeah, between that. Oh, my God. Between that and and the fact that I guess Stafford told – Detroit, the only team that I will absolutely not talk about or that you will not trade me to for sure, the Patriots. Really? Because yeah. Matt Patricia's there. He oh, said, so, okay. that was the one team. He said, so I will not. they don't like each other. You will not. Oh, who would like Matt, who would well, like Matt there, Patricia? Well, there was some speculation. Like, I remember when 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 the Lions came out and said, buffoon. hey, Stafford's going to be traded. Yep. And there was some speculation. Like, where could he land? Oh, could he land with the Patriots? The Patriots need a quarterback. And, you know, Matt Patricia's over there. Yeah. And if he, we don't know what his relationship's like. I think we know. Matthew Stafford <laughs> said the exact same thing and said, "I am not going to play for that buffoon again." Oh my god! But he, he wouldn't move. be. He'd be the defensive. Co- he'd be over on this right, side. Right. But would you want to go, go to work on a daily basis and see Matt Patricia? Probably not. If you no. didn't need to, no. Be a, a reminder not. of how you ruined the last whatever three or four years of your life. Yeah. Probably not. Um, you guys want to get into some Minnesota sports statements here, or yeah. just like oh. actually, they're not even really Minnesota sports statements. Let's just call them Mackie and Judd statements from the weekend. We're still yeah. molding. This We're going to go. Well, we are going to weave this back in, but yes, that is football. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, I, I'll just I'll get right into. I'll start and just weave it in right now. Statement number one. My first thought when that trade went down, and I saw that it was two first round picks, a third. And Jared Goff, it's possible that they had to attach a first-round pick to Jared Goff to eat the contract. I don't know if we know, like, yep. you know, w- you know what, what each element of the trade looks like in terms of value. But two first-round picks, a third, and Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. And my immediate thought was, wow, Kirk Cousins might be worth more in a trade than we all thought. Yeah, and Carolina, I think according to Albert Breer of SI, they actually offered up the eighth overall pick. Wow. That was their package. So Carolina was in. Uh, there were Denver was in. Yeah, if you look at Breer's the Niners called. tweet, there were like four or five teams in. And all gave, all except for one, gave actually pretty competitive or decent offers. Um, yes, you have to. So, all right, 
when the show came to a conclusion, when we last talked to you on Friday, <laughs> last time, last on time Maggie on Matt and Judd. and Judd, I believe that we were all for exploring trading Kirk, and we were told by the masses, "Don't get your hopes up. They're not trading Kirk Cousins. They're not going to get this. They're not going to get that. Deshaun Watson's not being traded." Blah blah blah. <laughs> okay. So tonight or today, this morning, whatever, whenever you're listening on Mackie and Judd. Uh, we come to you with a fresh outlook on life, and you're exactly right, Phil. You, if you are the Vikings, if this were the, if the equivalent to what we have seen now since Saturday with the Stafford trade is the housing market. Okay, quarterbacks are selling at an incredible rate. The real estate market has taken off, and you know what? It's time to do if you're a really smart team, refinance your quarterback house. <laughs> All right. So if you've got a cousins, and when you saw what Matthew Stafford and I agree, there's a similar house, right? Similar square footage, uh, right? But it's it's slightly nicer. You're um, saying the, the cousins' house is nicer? Yes. Yes. I well, think the cousins' house is slightly nicer. It's got an extra little uh, like office den off the corner. It's an extra almost 400 location. square feet. It's almost location. Stafford. Stafford's in my neck of the woods. Possibly a nice house in in the park. All right. The cousins' house, I feel, is like it's on the border. Edina. And it's got those slow shut cupboards that don't slam. Oh, you guys ever God, see those? yeah, those are no, but I mean, that's out of my range. They're great. Okay, but that's the cousins, okay? Those, those are fancy. So, so now you've got the potential to absolutely go from because Judd's theory was can you get a third round pick? Second yeah. round pick, maybe, right? And I think yeah. that you agreed. I was like, I mean, just if you can get out from underneath the bulk of the contract and take a fourth round pick, I'd probably consider that. Okay, now we have now the price of poker has changed, <laughs> and the refinance option is to get a younger is to get into a a younger quarterback house. Um, if you are not on the phone to the 49ers, if you are not if Rick was not making the call to get the haul from the 49ers. On Saturday night. Make the call. Get, get the, the hall. hall. Make the call. Get, get the, the hall. hall. The hall is all those traffics. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, this is the, the opportunities now are endless, right? This is like. And San Francisco still very much wants a quarterback. I, I think that they, if they could, would move on from Garoppolo in a second. And I'm sorry, if your coach has basically one foot in bed with huh. your QB, in this case, Cousins. Come on, make that call, get that haul. Make the call, get the haul. Uh, I love your your housing analogy here. It reminds me, I was sort of on the border of, I, I used to own a condo downtown Minneapolis that I wasn't planning on buying, but it was like 2011, the housing market had gone completely in the crapper. And it was like, wait, I, so I can I can just buy this for like way less than I ever thought? And then when it came time to sell the – now, by the way, that wasn't the case with Cousins. They definitely bought high on Cousins. The Cousins market was <laughs> yeah. very high they, they bought the nice in house. 2018. Yeah. But I wasn't necessarily planning on selling it five years later until uh, I connected with a real estate agent that was like, let me show you some comps around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And you start to look at the other similar condos, similar square footage, similar bedroom, similar location. Right now, I was like, I'm sorry, I can get how much for this thing? Well, then my thinking has changed. And that's what the Vikings – I mean, people are going to say, well, who's your quarterback going to be? Well, figure that out later. The answer is don't have a non-elite quarterback that makes a ridiculous amount of money as your quarterback because that's recipe number one for finishing 7-9 and nine or 9-7 nine and seven with no hope of winning a Super Bowl. I think if you make the call and get the haul, whether it's 49ers or some other team, 
I think you're looking at two options for your for your next quarterback. You can either take the capital that you have received and that you already have, you get your know, first round picks, and make a real push for Deshaun Watson. Yep. And then you've got a legitimate top five guy who's mobile, who still has room to get better. Um, who, when the Texans weren't quite as big of a dumpster fire, had two double-digit win seasons. Cousins, by the way, is 32. He has one double-digit win season in his career. And I know that you know there's other things that go into quarterback wins, but either you make a push for Deshaun Watson or you draft. You can even use your capital to move up and draft somebody that you want in the top 10 or something and have that guy on a rookie contract for five years. But you can't do any of those things unless you make the call to get the haul. It's perfect. It works out perfectly. And it, and the Stafford thing, the Stafford trade to the Rams changes everything. It changes every like it takes it takes our discussions from being I would do this to you should now absolutely and you being the Vikings should do do this. Like it changes the parameters completely. Think about this. Think about the difference now from Friday. Like you just learned, I thought Stafford would get you a second round pick. Yeah, I really did. Do you think one of those firsts was to get rid of Goff? Probably, but nonetheless, or was not a first. It's possible the third. I mean, people are dumping on Goff because he had a bad season, and he did. But like, he was still a number one overall pick that has potentially. It's not like he's. But you know what? Completely done and cooked. But you know what? The Rams had a coach who said, I specialize in quarterback play, and you know who the most important position in sports is? The quarterback, and we can't win a Super Bowl unless we have the quarterback in place. Now, that does not mean that Matthew Stafford's going to win a Super Bowl, but what it does mean is you have a coach who understands what he needs in a quarterback and doesn't see a quarterback as a necessary evil, i.e. a pain in the ass. Yeah, he sees it as the driving force to and win a championship. And he's a thousand percent correct. Football. All right, I'm going to uh, give you a statement from the world of baseball off of a Friday night signing that we saw. Sort of a news dump. Classic baseball, by the way. One of the biggest biggest stars that no one has ever heard of because they don't market their players very well gets traded at like 10 o'clock on a Friday night. Yes, yes. (laughs) That was a couple of selfs in at that point, yeah. But this one is a Twins player, and Declan Goff called this. I don't know that he necessarily thought it was going to be – this team, but the fact that Eddie Rosario signed a one-year, $8 million contract with Cleveland is a worst-case scenario if you are the Twins. (laughs) If you are the Twins, you probably hoped he'd land like with the Giants in the National League, right? Or perhaps in the American League East or West. That's that's not ideal, but that's fine. But the two teams that I would say that you crossed your fingers and said, I hope he doesn't go there are Cleveland and the White Sox. Do you think he turned down like five other more lucrative contracts specifically to play for the Indians think, so that he can I think destroy the off, Twins? I think there's an off chance that, yes, you might be right. I really do. Now, now I will guarantee you he'll do two things. So the Twins and the Tribe will play, what, 18 times, 95 times? I don't know. He's going to do two things, chew bubblegum and hit walk-off bombs against um, the Twins relievers, and he's all out of bubblegum. He will He will beat the Twins at least once, if not more, with, with a walk-off home run. But he will also, against the Twins, cost his team a game with a... Awesome blunder in left field. He'll try and do a little too much in the corner. I don't know if he. Down. I don't know if he won't know the ground rules. I don't know if he'll dive for a ball that he has no chance at. I don't know if he'll throw to second as a as the 
uh, potential winning run scores. But what I do know is that he will cost them a game. He will win them one game. Unfortunately, I think he might win them more than one game against the Twins because of what you just said. Yeah. It was the, if you could rank the teams that you don't want to see him go to, I think the White Sox would still be number one because that's a smaller ballpark and they're just better. Like, feels like Cleveland's probably going to be in transition. I don't think they're going to be garbage, but they're in transition mode. But Cleveland would have been another team in the top three that you didn't want to see him go to. Uh, I could I could have seen the Yankees as a problematic place too. He could have hit home runs oh, in the yeah. corners. He hit forty homers, and it would have been like an October home that's run against the po- Twins. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but the but the sheer number of games the Twins yeah. are going to play against Cleveland opens the door. If something will happen. But this is what happens, and I know that you know he, it's such a conflicting thing because you know it, it, if he was going to make whatever it was ten or twelve million dollars in his last year of arbitration. And you got Kirloff ready to come up and just start for $500,000 and maybe be better. Um, I get why you didn't want to pay Rosario, but it's just tough to swallow a guy that has been one of your offensive leaders and energy spark plugs just going away for nothing and then signing with a team that can do damage to you. You mean to hit Bombas? Bombas. Against you? Yes. Football. Circling back to the quarterback trade discussion we kicked off the statement is, Mine is, don't tell me it can't be done. Don't tell me you can't mix business with pleasure. Don't tell me this BS. Forever, we have heard that you can't trade Kirk. It's not happening. You can't trade guys with immovable contracts. Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff just got swapped. Now, there was draft pick and capital involved, but guess what? It happened. So everyone who tells me that this kind of stuff can't happen... It happened on Saturday night, people. Wake up and recognize you can make these trades. This isn't just a Madden. This is not fantasy football. This is real life. This is the Super Bowl. This is it. This is what we're talking about. So don't tell me this can't be done. You can mix business with pleasure. I know firsthand. You can do this, and so can the Vikings. I mean, I, I think the league is becoming more and more like the NBA now where, like, you've got, you've got aggressive front offices and coaches. You've got players like Deshaun Watson who are saying, I know that no one else has really done this in the history of football, but I don't want to play here anymore. I'm in my prime, and I'm just kind of sick of these guys. Yep. So, and, and by the way, Deshaun Watson removed all Houston Texans things from his Instagram, which means oh. the divorce is now official. He won't wow. pick. He, he will not pick up the phone calls. It's hilarious. They're calling him. He does not answer. <laughs> Hi, you've reached the voicemail of Deshaun Watson. If this is the Texans, buzz off. And then this new guy, this the this 65 year old, what's his name, coach that they hired. I don't oh, know if yeah. you guys saw his press conference, but he basically was just like. I wouldn't have taken this job if it wasn't for Deshaun Watson being the quarterback. Uh, as far as I know, he's the quarterback, and all the other stuff yeah. is outside noise. Like yeah. outside noise, outside yeah, noise. Buddy. All right. Unfortunately, yeah. Coach, the call is coming from inside the house. It's scream. It's scream five. I'm actually going to piggyback off Declan's statement with my next statement. Football. That the Vikings are much more likely to make a splashy move this offseason than most people think for the reasons Declan said, which is this stuff happens like teams are looking to win championships. Are the Vikings one of them? I guess we'll find out if the, maybe the Vikings think if we just get a left guard and Daniel Hunter back, then we go from seven to nine to beating the Chiefs like run it back. That's what I just want to say before I dive into uh, the rest of my statement here that people continue, I think to misread or misevaluate what the bar should be for the Vikings. They think, well, if we just get Daniel Hunter back and fix the left guard spot, then all right, let's do this. Back, you know, back to the playoffs. Okay, there's making the playoffs and then there's what you're going to see on Sunday between Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes. 
that's the the barrier you need to get across to win a Super Bowl. And I just don't think Kirk Cousins making what's going to be like 15% of the cap is capable of helping you push through the barrier. But for the Vikings would never do something like that crowd. Allow me to refresh your memories just in the Wilf era. This is not counting like Warren Moon coming on board, but just in the Wilf era, they have spent huge on an unprecedented guaranteed contract for Kirk Cousins. They traded a first round pick a week and a half before the season for Sam Bradford. They traded three picks for Jared Allen and then signed him to an historically large contract. Yep. They paid Brett Favre a million dollars a game for two seasons to be their quarterback that can take them what they thought at the time was to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And there's other moves too we could throw in here, but like they are a hyper aggressive competitive ownership group. And I'm not I'm not guaranteeing that they trade Kirk Cousins or make a big splashy move because I also think that uh, Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer are driving the decisions more than the Wilfs right now because they, they, you know, they want to let that regime play itself out. But the Wilf-owned Vikings are maybe among the three or four most aggressive franchises in the NFL the last 15 years when it comes to their willingness to do splashy things. So I agree with Declan. Absolutely. Well, and the one thing that, that I think might um, transpire internally, perhaps as early as today when it comes to the Vikings and their decision process and seeing the Stafford trade, uh, do you know who, who the one person who might walk in today and say, we should do this? Mike Zimmer. And here's why. Wow. Think about this one. Wow. His defense stunk. Like his defense was atrocious, right? That's his baby. He knows that his belief is a good quarterback hands off a lot. So I'm not saying that he's going to walk in and say, let's go get Deshaun Watson. Oh, no, no. But I am saying that if you can offload the contracts that we saw uh, traded this weekend, if you're Zimmer, and you know that your your bar for a quarterback is, I love it when he hands off. And we're paying a guy a ton to do what exactly? Because I want him to hand off. Um, there's a case to be made, Phil, that he would go down the path of what you said earlier, which is, hold on a second here. If we can get that much cap space back, potentially, if we can get draft picks that he would probably want to use on defense, but I digress, and then we'll circle back and have a decent quarterback, but more importantly, who doesn't make that much, um, I think there's a case to be made from his end that he saw that trade and thought, I wonder if we could do that. Does he not look around the league, though, and see like what is driving winning in the NFL? It's passing yards. He looks at it and says, how can I stop it? And that's good, too, because you, you, you have to do that, too. Right. I think he's more likely, if you, if you put a gun to his head and said, all right, who would you, who would you rather have? The, the trade packages are equal from the Texans. Would you rather have Deshaun Watson or J.J. Watt? I think he would rather have J.J. Watt. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. But nonetheless, I do think that there is a case, there is a case to be made that, that with the Vikings history and thought process, that we shouldn't dismiss the fact that they could be having the exact same conversations that we are. Football. Who is it? De- Declan? Back to no, Declan? My turn. Oh, back to Judd. It's, it's my turn, and I'd like to clear up a misconception with a simple statement. <laughs> Elite quarterbacks win Super Bowls. And here's what I mean by, by that. When it comes to the Watson trade talks, and it's going to take a haul, I think it's now two first-round picks, a second-round pick, a, def- a current defensive player who's good off a team. That, that's the rumored package? That, or? Yeah, that, that, that's... The Stafford trade led to a lot of beliefs that it would take like five first round picks 
And I saw reports immediately. They want some actual came players. Came out and said, and also said, it's not going to take five first-round picks. It's a big package, but it's basically, it sounds like the Texans have internally decided what the price of poker is going to be. Um, but I've seen tweets since then saying, well, if you give up that package, you've got a quarterback, but you can't build around the quarterback, and then you don't have players, and, and you don't have draft. Okay, here's the difference. If you made this trade for Kirk Cousins, I agree with you. You're correct. But the key word that I used in my statement is elite. And there are very few elite quarterbacks, okay? So the starting point, look at football as it's constructed in 2021. Look at the importance of positions, Mm -hmm. all right? The elite quarterbacks. So we are talking Rodgers. We're talking, I think, still Wilson. We are 1,000% talking Mahomes. And I believe somewhere within that falls Deshaun Watson. That's the difference here. So don't tell me, well, if you get Deshaun Watson, you're crippled. (laughs) Okay. No, if you get Kirk Cousins, you're crippled. If you get Deshaun Watson, you have the first step towards, or not first step, you have the first three to five steps towards the Super Bowl. There are a shocking amount of people. I've done a lot of interacting with fans on social media over the last week about Deshaun Watson, and this weekend about Cousins. There are a shocking amount of people that think Kirk Cousins is only like a notch below Deshaun Watson or or that they're equal and what's, in some way. What's wrong with them? Watch the games. Now, some of, some of it is, well, if you look at like this one metric or if you look at, you know, some people are taking, I think it was a graphic from one of the broadcasts yes. that showed, you know, over the last X amount of years, Kirk is like fourth in passing yards and, you know, like like chunk stats. And what I would say is, and this is coming from a huge analytics guy, I love to reference pro football focus and football outsiders and DVOA and all those things. You also have to watch the games. Watch what happens <laughs> yes. late in the fourth quarter. Yes. Watch Deshaun Watson versus Kirk Cousins. Watch the improvisational abilities of guys like Watson who can move and Josh Allen versus Kirk Cousins. When conditions are near perfect, Kirk Cousins thrives. The problem is, and the paradox is, when you're paying a quarterback a lot of money, you don't get perfect conditions around him. Correct. You just don't. And so you need a quarterback. If, if it's highly paid Deshaun or highly paid Kirk, Deshaun has a better chance to thrive in imperfect conditions. And some people are going to say, well, I mean, he went 4-12 and last year. what I've right. seen a ton of. And that's true. But he also won double-digit games and had a big lead in a playoff game that the defense and coaching staff blew against the Kansas City Chiefs, and I would say in the 4-12 and season, that was one of the biggest self-sabotage dumpster fire seasons in recent NFL history, and the team was actively trying to get a coach fired for half of it. Like, you can't say, well, look, I mean, he's not good enough to carry them beyond four wins. He is. This was just the house crumbling down and firing They also traded away his top target for basically nothing, which was ridiculous. I think the key, so if there's one key component to to the group of elite QBs that we're discussing and like the next class, which heck, let's say it includes Kirk, is, is this. When you watch games, how many times have you seen Kirk improve the players around him? I would argue it's very rare. I would argue it's mm-hmm. very rare, and I do not think that Kirk improves Justin Jefferson. In fact, I think it's flip-flop there. But if you watch Rodgers, Wilson, um, Watson at his best for sure. Scandella. Mahomes. Cousin. I can run. Unitas. Fouts. What do those guys do? 
they improve everybody around them. Yeah. They make their line look better at times. They for sure make the receivers look better at times. I mean, think about that. So to me, it's very, very simple. Watch games and say, say to yourself, what quarterbacks make their teammates look better? And I don't think Cousins makes his teammates look better. Yeah, I just don't. I have a. I'm gonna just a, a, bad, a quick but... tease. I actually have sort of a Kirk Cousins epiphany that I'm gonna unveil to you guys in Purple Daily today. So if, if you're looking for more Love Kirk it. Cousins discussion, Purple Daily came over Apple, some Spotify, Scornout.com, and YouTube. Dark liquor. You, you you were drinking some. You were having oh, yeah. a drink, and you said to yourself, "I've had an epiphany." Uh, I would say Saturday night was the dark liquor Kirk Cousins cool. epiphany. I knew it. Football. Yeah. And I woke up. I woke up with clarity the next morning, and I sent clarity, out. Eh? I sent out a little little thread of yeah. I, listen, I don't drink a lot. I, okay. I drink a little. I just need a little nightcap, a <laughs> little round ice cube, yeah. and uh, I'm not gonna. I don't drink the bottle anymore. Okay, okay. I'm I'm Good 35 now. Okay, I because Declan does yeah. can't deal with it. I had a probably my most expensive liquor store run of all time last Friday. So wow. look at you, was, football. That's not my statement, by the way. Look at Declan. That's not my statement. That's not my statement. Back to you, Phil. Um, my second Audra? statement is Audra is Jersey Twitter <laughs> is one of a kind. Jersey takes are one of a kind. I'm referencing obviously last night in St. Paul with the Minnesota Wild wearing their reverse retros for yeah. the first time. Love, love, the, love the colors. And obviously it's paying homage to the North Stars. That's pretty clear. But the I think one of the most polarizing groups, there's two of them. It's Jersey police and NFL draft people. They belong in the same bin of the most unique people I've ever seen cover something. Like some people are just so poignant on their Jersey takes that they spend their entire life dissecting all of these leagues and all of these teams' jerseys. Don't, don't care about the team's results. Don't care about the players they've signed. They just care about what the hell the jersey looks like. And last night, it was split. It was either, these are the greatest thing that I have ever seen grace the state of hockey in St. Paul, and the other half saying, well, I thought the North Stars left 23 years ago, and I didn't know he died is now playing for the Minnesota Wild. Just, like, oh, enjoy... God. The, the greatness that is these jerseys, man. Are I'm you kidding you. me? I don't have, like, super strong opinions either way about them. uniforms, usually. Um, really? But I, I really love these. Yeah. I do. I don't, I mean. I have really strong they're, opinions. They're just clothes. Th- I mean. there's, yes, they're just clothes. They're just clothes. No, but you can do them right or wrong. Look, I don't <laughs> care what you wear. You can you can go to work in your pajamas like I basically do. You can go to work in your pajamas, and I don't give a damn, and I don't care if you're color-coordinated or not. But when it comes to jerseys, I'm all in. I am all just, in, baby. There's so many other things you can Old pick. Old school jerseys, love them. Absolutely love them. Uh, and these were fantastic. Hey, yeah, I love this they're look. They're great. They're great. I like them, too. Well, there, there is the... Old school police, though, of of that team is gone. We should forget them, which I've never really gotten. Right. It's like because the Wild has built such a, like like if the Wild had five cups, I'd be like, you know what? That's cool. Yeah. Let's forget the past. I don't know. I, th- I think but they've got nothing. I think you I, I think you need to forget about certain uniforms for like a certain period of time. Like if. if oh, sure. Like that's 50, fine. 15, 20 years and then bring back. Like, I don't know if you guys uh, in, in one of those Wolves Warriors games from a few days ago. Yep. They went back to like the 2005 uniforms. So they yeah. went back like 15 years when like Steven Jackson and I think Don Nelson was coaching at the time. And they went back with those weird sort of dark blue and, and they had Oakland on the center court. Like, okay, 15 years, that's enough time. Let's bring those uniforms back. 
Um, but well, like I, I think three I, years ago, three years ago, we, we wore these and we're breaking them out tonight. But I actually think <laughs> I think that the, the color scheme that the wild used, I think that's just a better color scheme as the primary personally. Agreed. But, but it's also probably a little bit too close to to Dallas. So so I get it. No, it's oh. not. Dallas doesn't care about. No, Dallas has moved. On. Dallas doesn't give a damn. That's the, they're more, that's they're the more darker thing. colors. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But Dallas does and, not care. And Phil, they have the new D generation X style uniform. Oh, they're seen these. Oh, Dallas does. Yeah. Oh, they're I they're my eyeballs. Came I out. actually know. I do remember seeing. It literally looks like a this, page yeah. out of Degeneration X. Yeah. And there, that awesome. four, I'm all in. Break it down. I'm all in. Break it down. So you guys, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys. The next statement comes with a video clip here. Okay, Dex, if you could hit oh, this for me. Wow. Uh, my statement is Nick Sirianni, the new head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, poor guy. might be in over his head. Next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team, that we have a smart football team here. And I know we have the the people in place to do that. The first part of that, the first part of being smart is knowing what to do. We're going to we're going to know we're going to have systems (laughs) in place that are easier to learn. All right. Complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against or the special teams group they're going against, but easy for us to learn. Because when we can put that, because we when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. Less thinking equals talent take over. But we need to have <laughs> systems in place, and we will have systems in place to do so. I'm so glad I'm not a head coach. Oh, my campus. God, dude. I know that he's nervous. This is the first time he's ever in It's Philadelphia, and so he knows, man, these guys are, these fans are hard on me. eat them up. But the main takeaways from that clip were, A, the first part of being smart equals knowing what to do. And B, we're going to have systems. Yeah. Yep. That's the leg up on the other 31 coaches. That's the leg up on Bill Belichick is that we're going to have systems. <laughs> the, That's going to be enough. One, one thing I'll say in this guy's defense oh. is Matt LaFleur, as I recall, had a really shaky opening presser as well. Was it that bad? Like, was he that nervous? I think he was nervous. Yeah, well, I mean, and, he, and Matt looks like he's 12, you know, 12, so he looks like a kid. But, Get it? yeah, um, mm. I got to ask again, where's our guy? Eric Bieniemy, man. I just, I, I how? I don't know. Maybe he needs to figure out some systems that he can bring to How do you not? Like, is it really imperative that if if he's not in our building by before the Super Bowl, we're out on him? I mean, come on. The first question I would have for Eric Bieniemy is, A, do you have a system? And B, do you think your players can be smart? That's what I would (laughs) want to know. Vikings formula. Make the call. Get the haul. And then make the change. It won't be strange. Oh, wow. (laughs) Good for you. Zimmer out. Bieniemy in. Make the call, get the haul, make the change. It won't be strange. The enemy in, and that's when you get Deshaun Watson. That's when you drop. That's when you drop the Watson line. I mean, if if you do trade for Deshaun Watson, yeah, don't you almost have to swap Zimmer for the enemy? I mean, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, like it would be. I, I say I, I say it would be easy. Like I get that they'd have to eat Zimmer's contract, and then there's like the whole human connection thing of he's been your coach for seven years and. You robo-doped him for a month in the offseason, but like, but if you said, "All right, listen, Deshaun Watson, yeah. Deshaun Watson only waives his no trade clause if Eric Bieniemy is the head coach," you have to do it because he has a no trade. He can dictate. In fact, let me ask you this: Correct, he's got a no trade clause. Okay, yep. so if he doesn't want to go somewhere, it's totally up to him. He just has the Houston 
mm-hmm. regime by the gonads. All right. Declan laughs at gonads. Don't you think that Mike Zimmer and the and the general philosophical approach to football games is going to be a deterrent for Deshaun Watson? 100%. Potentially, like if they got to the 100%. point where the compensation's right, absolutely, they've agreed on framework, and now it's up to Deshaun to waiver or not. But Deshaun also has like the Jets over here and the Dolphins over there. I think Mike Zimmer's philosophy is a deterrent for him saying yes to a trade. It's a thousand There's a percent. There's a statement for you. you That's go. absolutely correct. But if you have that chance and and Deshaun tells Rick, hey, Rick, between us, I'll approve the trade if you fire Mike and bring in Eric. You, got, you have to do it. Football. You just have to. Back to Judd here. <clears throat> All right, back to our favorite sport, boys. Back to our favorite sport. And the unfortunate nature of what's going to, I guess, take place today. Yeah. Major League Baseball likely will finish its fight between players and owners before its top free agent, Trevor Bauer, on the market signs. B- because the fight is expected uh, to increase today when, I guess, the players are going to turn down the proposal of a 154-game season in which they'd be paid for 162, but they would approve expanded playoffs, which won't net them enough or much at all as far as the cash that will come in from that. Anyway, this fight's going to go on for a while. And while the National Football League offseason technically has not begun yet, keep that in mind. The Super Bowl is Sunday, okay? But yet we have a massive blockbuster trade agreed to, which had everybody on Saturday night saying, oh, my God, Major League Baseball is going to carry on a labor dispute with its top free agent on the market. Yeah. So so let me get this straight, okay? So the owners proposed delaying everything by a month, starting spring training in late March, and then play a 154-game schedule beginning in late April with full Pay for the players. Yes. So they would get 162 games of pay yes. for a shortened season. Just to, The owners just want to back everything up so that they can get out of these COVID hotbed, you know, get more people the vaccine, and then potentially put more fans in seats for more of the season, which is totally understandable. The owners in baseball are insufferable, and the owners in baseball are as behind the times and oblivious as any ownership group in any league in the world. But they're right on this, I think. So full pay, shortened season, expanded playoffs, universal DH, which means more jobs for guys like Nelson Cruz, and a runner on second base to start extra innings. So you're not going 19, 20 innings, right? Like, what am I missing? And the and the players are going to reject this. Yep. According to USA Today, the players are going to reject this because they feel like giving up the eight regular season games puts them in a difficult spot negotiation-wise, going into next offseason's labor dispute. Which is, here's... Like, oh, my God. And here's what they should do. Just agree to hash this whole thing out now. Because what I don't want is the whining and the bitching and moaning that we're going to have, and we're not going to start now until May or June or something, right? Just decide we are going to, right now, hash this entire thing out so that we don't get to December of this year... And have a lockout that then goes into next spring. Like, just get this done with. Rip the Band-Aid off now. It's stupid. I don't like it. But this is going to be ridiculous. We are actually going to have a big fight about what they're going to fight about the next time around. Like, just do this now. And if you don't play, you don't play. I mean, this sport is, is, is sabotaging itself 
The Cardinals' Rockies trade is disgusting. Like, this sport is doing everything it can to sabotage itself. So just get this crap done and let's move on. You know what? Honestly, like, as big of a diehard baseball fan as I am, I'm okay without it this year. We've got, so we've got a great, reckless speculation Vikings offseason that's going to take us all the way through April, like, all the way through the draft. It's going to be super fun. And then we've got Timberwolves offseason stuff. They might trade Carl Anthony Towns for all we know, like, Wild off-season speculation. Like, there's all kinds of fun stuff to do between now and when training camp starts in August. So if baseball wants to sit around and be idiots. Football. Back to Declan. Yeah, Piggy's back uh, right off what Judd was saying. And my statement is baseball's literally breaking my heart. It's breaking my heart because this is my favorite sport. And you have basically a bleeping match going on between the union and the players on what they want and what they don't want. And I understand there's greedy owners, and they're always end up going to end up looking the worst, and, and they do deserve the majority of this blame. But the players deserve blame, too. They're not, they're not completely nullified by all these by, by what they want in the, in, the, in, in the report as well. So I want baseball. I want a $15 beer in my hand at Target Field this year. <laughs> I want to be able to do that. And I, I, I just want baseball. And it's becoming incredibly difficult to convince myself that I want a baseball season. So, now. so you're in you're in luck because here's what's going to happen: is the players are going to reject this proposal today, and then yep. that just means that okay, well, we they just go back to whatever, yeah, whatever was before, yeah. And spring training will now start in two weeks from now, um, unless the owners put some other wrench into it. I mean, keep going back and, and, and I would for a while. I would love expanded playoffs. I want a universal DH. I guess if if it comes down to that, I don't I don't want to completely cancel the baseball season. But like what Judd is saying, if you're going to have to have this talk again because your CBA runs out this time next year, then just figure this bleep out now because yeah. it's it sucks, dude. I want to be able to watch baseball, and this is the, usually in February rolls around. Pitchers and catchers are, are coming. This is going to be fun. For God's sakes, I just saw a highlight video an hour ago of Delman Young hitting a three-run homer in the Australian League. He's pitching now, That's too. That's how starved I am for baseball content that I got excited seeing a three-run home run from Delman Young in the year 2021 of our Lord. That's, that's well, where I'm Dex. at right now. That's He's a great. multidimensional player. Yeah, bring back Delman. Likes to drink. So good for Delman. <laughs> what do you like to do? I like to drink. I like to drink. You know, I think there are the, the three main big picture problems for baseball. I don't know. I don't know how many of these three things they even like care about. Mm-hmm. In, in, in terms of what does your sport need to do to be as popular going forward as it was 20 years ago and as the NBA is now and the NFL is now. Number one, it needs to be more accessible from a TV standpoint. You can't have these companies like Sinclair um, essentially holding fans over the the fire to say, well, you can't watch our product on these five mainstream streaming platforms, but if you come to this AT&T service that is worse and, you know, um, you got to get rid of that. Like, just make it accessible in some way, even if it's just a direct-to-consumer MLB platform or whatever. Uh, Number two is you need more fun action in the offseason. There needs to be like a one-month period where all the moves take place. And that means putting better parameters around what players can make. There just needs to be yeah. some structure so that you don't have guys sitting out for like four months. I mean, Bryce Harper didn't sign for like five months because yeah. there's no structure. I want $400 million. Well, we're going to offer you 200 yep. Okay, well, we'll just stare at each other now. Like, there should be structure. And then the third thing is competitive balance. I, it's, it's shifting so much now to where, like, there's just teams like the Rockies and the Pirates and... The Twins aren't among this group now, but like they're probably closer to this group than they are to the top five or six teams. It feels like the financial disparity between the rich and the poor in baseball. When the when the Rays can go deep in the playoffs and they can flirt with a World Series, 
and then immediately have to turn around, they feel like, and trade Blake Snell because they don't have enough money to like keep their best pitcher. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, and it, if you are a Rockies fan, how do you not bail? It's yeah, I it's mean, absurd. You wait. As Arenado a, was gifted to the Cardinals. Yeah. He's gifted. You wait as a fan your entire life to have a player like Arenado in his prime on your team, and as a franchise, like your whole goal as a franchise is to cultivate and develop players like Nolan Arenado and get them to their primes and win. And when that happens, and you feel like, oh, we can't win, and we have to trade this guy away, it's ridiculous. Ba- so. Baseball needs desperately a salary cap because it needs a floor. And, the, and the, it, def- it desperately needs a floor. And to go like even deeper into the weeds, the reason why they don't have that is because, and I'm making these numbers up a little, I don't have them in front of me, but like if the Yankees bring in $500 million in largely local revenue yeah. and the Rays bring in $80 million in local revenue, the Yankees are going to say, well, because there's not enough national money to go around. Like in the NFL, most of the money brought national, in is yeah. national money. Right. Like, yeah, they make a bunch of money off Vikings games, but they make more off of Fox, NBC, et cetera, sure. and baseball is a locally televised sport. The Yankees are going to say, well, we don't want to have to give them $100 million so that they can keep beating us. That's absurd. Right. But and I'm, that's where the talks will always stall. But I am talking about saving the sport. Like, I don't care what teams think now. I, and I don't care but, what but, players think But teams think are going to sabotage it. Like, the owners of the teams are going to sabotage this because they don't want to give up $100 million yeah, to you know subsidize what? the I Miami find, Marlins. I gotta find, I've got to find a, a way here to have a ceiling and a floor, and, and and that's the only way then with players that I can incentivize guys to sign. Yep. Even if the ceiling and the floor are like wider apart than the NBA, right? Like, i got to do something here. Like, yeah. this, doesn't, this doesn't work now. It doesn't work. Every I mean, football, basketball, hockey all have structures that allow for us to have certain times when we know that guys are going to sign. Trevor Bauer is going to be out there into spring training at this rate. Yeah, for sure. Like that's Football. incredibly stupid. All right, I think it leads back to me here. Um, the Gopher basketball team. <laughs> I watched the start of that game. I was really impressed. Had better hope the entire NCAA tournament miraculously gets moved to the barn because they are now <laughs> 0-5 on the road. They're great at home. They're 0-5 on the road, and it's five games that haven't really been all that close. Although they had like a double-digit lead in the first half, and I was watching the first half as well, and it just slowly trickled away, and they got beat by 20 at Purdue. So um, what a weird team because they're ranked, and I don't know if they're still ranked today, but they were ranked 21st. Jeff Goodman, who does his own rankings, still has them like 17th because mm-hmm. of how well they've been playing at home. <laughs> but they're 4-6 and six in conference, so there's not even really a full guarantee that they do make the NCAA tournament. And they collapsed on Saturday at Purdue. I mean, that was just a complete collapse. So so the Gopher basketball team, uh, better hope there's no road games. Football. Tough season of basketball here, gentlemen. Tough season of basketball. Mm. Back to me. Yeah, let's do one more lap here. Okay. we got to get to things we watch because Declan has a full Royal Rumble review. I'm yes. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm out of things, so yes. Okay, perfect. Last statement from Doug. <laughs> All right. The Wild finally gets how to play three-on-three in yeah. OT. Yeah, they're how, great many, at it. how many times did I come into this show previously in the past few years and be like, they they don't get it? Like, they put out Koivu, and then they put out Parisi and Suter and Stahl, and it was like the Clydesdales. <laughs> the Clydesdales <laughs> on ice is like, hey, where are you going with the puck, Mr. Fast Player? Oh, no, it's a goal against off Dubnik, a weird goal. Guess I'll go home now by Wilbur. I mean, it's like, what the hell, Mr. Ed? Get off the ice, Mr. Ed. 
So they they are now they've now played three OT games. Have not gone to the godforsaken shootout once. They are yeah. three and zero. Last night, they start Erickson Heck, Brodine, Brodine, Greenway, who Greenway. makes a great pass to Brodine, who scores. He's good. Three and zero, three and zero, three wins is as many OT wins as the Wild had in the full got two thousand eighteen nineteen and two thousand nineteen twenty season individually. So they have equaled that already. Um, what ten games in or th- thereabouts this year? The Wild finally gets how to that puck possession and speed and basically trying to come down the ice as quickly as you possibly can and end the damn game is the way to play. It took a long time, but congratulations, you're finally... And you know who didn't see the, the ice to start OT last night? Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter. Exactly right. This is what we've been calling for and asking for and, and saying, put players who are skilled and fast and younger... Love it. Kaprizov did not start, but that's fine. That's fine. The Wild wins, and Brodine drops a glorious F-bomb yeah. on Fox Sports oh, North. Great. Oh, that was hilarious. It was, it gr- was, it was great, dude. but good for the Wild. Dean has had done one really good thing, and that is understand overtime rotations. The old model reminded me of like when... Like when when like the Lakers or teams that had Shaq back in the early 2000s would forget to take him out with two minutes to go, and the opposing team would just foul him. Yeah, it's like well, there's certain like Shaq is amazing, and Shaq is a player you want on your team until this point in the game, and then you need to put him on the. They bench, didn't right? forget he wouldn't come <laughs> no, out. Well, that too. I can assure you of things I've seen on the X ice. Certain guys won't come off the ice. Yeah, and so uh, and now I don't know what's changed in terms of communication between coaching staff and players, but <laughs> this is the way you have to do it. Like speed matters. The, the yes, and I, I'm not a hockey expert, but I know in terms of just like physics and science, <laughs> when fewer players are on the ice, speed matters more because there's more ice. <laughs> is that what you're telling so, us? Yes. Weird. More places good, to create spaces. Good yeah. for the wild football. Uh, those are your Mackie and Judd statements from the weekend. I did. I did sleep in my own bed for the first time on a Saturday this year, so I got that. I did have that going for me. No, we are. Is chilling. it a brag? Humble no, it brag. isn't a brag. It yeah, just, what does that mean? It just means I, I've been sleeping over on Saturdays at places for the last three Saturdays prior to this last. That's Saturday. a brag. That's a brag, dude. That's not a huge brag because what I was doing wasn't like completely awesome all the time. Just saying. Yeah, but now you you still surprised. I think you just jinxed or sabotaged whatever it is that you had going. Probably by did. saying that. I hope she doesn't. I hope she doesn't listen. Ah, she probably listened. It's okay. You know, I mean, football. Some people got it. Some people don't. Dex. Don't got to tell me. I know it well. Declan Goff, irrevocable waivers as of two yeah. p.m. this afternoon. He's on the market, ladies. Unconditional waivers. He's back on the market. Unconditional He's waivers. back on the market. That's how dating should work. You should be able to just like waivers. put someone on waivers. On waivers. I like that. Actually. Listen, like, and my marriage worked that way because I, I would have been waived long <laughs> ago. Trade. First we, round pick. We we ran you through waivers <laughs> just to test the waters. If no one claims you, then we're still married. It's fine, you know. Or you can pull the person back or not. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm good here. There's a claim. I know what. No, I want him back. Get him back. Get him back. I'm good here, Solo. Judd Zogad. That's the worst idea you've ever had. You've had some bad ideas. That's the worst one. (laughs) Brian Baldinger doesn't just like football. He loves football. Cross up. Now, square the hips up. Bam. Football. Football. Yeah. Yeah. Football. 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 
no reason for playing that other than it's hilarious. <laughs> Brian Baldinger loves football. All right, boys, uh, what are we watching? Presented by our friends at TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. Couple things on the agenda here, starting with this report that came out last week. I think I think uh, Sinclair actually confirmed this, but Fox Sports North and all of the former Fox Sports properties, the local regional carriers across the country, Fox Sports North is rebranding as Bally Sports North, the uh, Bally's Casino Group. Right, right. I'm getting this from uh, a BringMeTheNews.com recap. The naming rights to Sinclair Broadcasting's regional sports network have been sold to Bally's, meaning Fox Sports North will soon become Bally Sports North, according to Sports Business Journal. Sinclair will announce the rebranding last week. They already did that, and they've been focused on pursuing gambling-related services around live sports on its regional sports network, which is where the Bally's connection is made. They have casinos in 10 states, known most for the Las Vegas Strip location, uh, where it was formerly known as the MGM Grand Hotel and Casino. Wait, the MGM Grand rebranded to Bally's? That's a thing that happened? I didn't know that A long time ago, right? Uh, I mean, the MGM Grand has been around for a long yeah. time. So yeah. I don't know. I'm whatever. How do you uh, not know that? I don't know. Like you're Mr. Ga- you're Mr. Gambling. Well, thing. I'm Mr. Poker. I'm not Mr. Sports oh, Gambling. Okay, whatever. I love poker. sports gambling. I'm uh-huh. just bad at it. Same. So that's like we've not been like t- Chris Long. Is Chris really good at it? Though? Yeah, I don't know if he's no, a good I'm, friend I'm, of mine. No, I no, I was joking. I think he's a derelict. No, I'm. I was kidding. No, I mean he's better at it than I am. Um, he also, uh, shall we say, invest more time in it than I do. But um, I think this is really interesting. Uh, one, because now there's going to be huge gambling overtones to Fox Sports North programming. <laughs> and I don't know how our guy Dick Bramer is going to handle that because I don't think he's much of a, a gambler. But also, isn't it interesting that, like, this is a naming rights deal that's just going to be up again at some point, and we might just have, like, new names for this network? Like stadiums. Is that what it's going to be? Like, every yeah. every three years, it's yes. just, like, up for bidding. Yeah, basically. Yes. Yes. I mean, like... Welcome uh, to Target Sports North. <laughs> E-Harmony North. Yep. Ashley <laughs> Madison. A match made in heaven for Minnesota sports fans. Declan Goff here for Valley Sports North. <laughs> Ashley <laughs> Madison Sports North. That's right. After the game, get your cheat on. God, it's a Twins going on another road trip. Perfect time to visit AshleyMadison.com. Oh, my God. <laughs> While the wife's away, the boys will play at AshleyMadison.com. Oh, but what do you guys think of Bally Sports North? It's kind of weird because it's been Fox Sports North for 20-plus years. It Absolutely, was, it was yeah. MSC before that, before Declan's time. Um, yep. and, and now it's Bally Sports North. Yeah, I think this is going to become the norm now. So it's weird now, but it was weird when stadiums started to be uh, sponsored as well or bought mm-hmm. by presenting sponsors. So I think it's mm-hmm. going to be weird. What I, I am more curious to see is how this works in-game because I think the goal here is to begin to fit in Bally's platforms of gambling into games. And so a lot of longtime play-by-play guys <clears> – <throat> who work in this town and different towns are going to probably be asked to integrate the art of gambling and, and engaging people on their cell phones eventually, right. To gamble during games. So like what, to me, that's going to be the next step. And I'm sure that there's going to be a group of play by play guys who are probably fairly comfortable with that. 
But, like, what happens to the old school guys when, uh, you know, Brodine, the Parisi, minus 280, uh, to, you know, uh, to Kaprizov. He's pl- so I guess I am really, really interested to see what happens when it fully begins with gambling in games and it's sort of put on the announcer's plate. Well, and then there's the there's the whole, you know, the fact that Minnesota lawmakers, again, plan to introduce uh, a sports gambling bill. And it's what's kind of funny is that, you know, this state tends to vote or I guess it's it's so segmented in terms of like rural versus urban. But like for as blue and liberal as this state tends to be politically and it's not like 90, 10, it's like 55, 45. So I get that. I get that um, it's not a blue wave across the whole state, but. We are very conservative when it comes to things like alcohol on Sundays or expansion of gambling. And um, and so I think once gambling does inevitably get expanded where there are sports books at Canterbury or whatever that winds up looking like, or you can just from an IP uh, address standpoint, you can just log into your favorite online gambling site and put bets on twins games from the state of Minnesota, but you can't legally do right now mm-hmm. um, that opens up a whole nother door but right now it's just like it'll be bally sports north but you can't really gamble in the state of minnesota on sporting events wink wink nudge nudge but maybe you can go to vegas and do yeah. it or find a but here's the three two pitch so yeah. <laughs> place your bets right now yeah, yeah. So, i think it's interesting um it, uh, r.i.p fox sports regionals it's going to be weird uh having had those around for 20 years so, any other final thoughts on that before Declan's? Oh no, I, I want to get to I want to get to Dex. Right. Royal Rumble review. Right. Last night we had a crowdless Royal Rumble for the first time in history because yeah. last year's Royal Rumble was before the pandemic, and so yeah. uh, Judd, the Royal Rumble. I'm just going to over-explain this to you because you don't watch wrestling. The Royal Rumble is really the gateway to WrestleMania, which is this year in the middle of April. Where 30 competitors, there's a men's match and a women's match now. Okay. 30 competitors, one by one, enter the ring in like 90-second increments. And whoever is left standing at the end yeah. gets to pick their title match for WrestleMania and main event WrestleMania. And the best part about the Royal Rumble in most years, because there's a there's like 20,000 people in the stands or more if they're doing it in a stadium, is there's always a few big-time surprise returns and the crowd goes crazy so last year, Edge made his return after being out with neck surgery and retired for like 10 years. Yeah. And uh, and then he came back and had a couple matches and then got hurt again for like nine months because he's yeah. almost 50 years old. <laughs> he's 47. But Edge entered the Royal Rumble number one last night. It's really hard when you enter number one because you have to basically outlast like an hour's worth of fellow competitors. So you, you just go stand there and then you get a tactic or do you get... There's tons of strategies. Some guys will just like sneak under the bottom rope and hide. <laughs> That's one that, strategy. That is one strategy. Yeah. Uh, but for the so most funny. part, it's just a melee in the ring, and you can only be eliminated by going over the top rope and having both feet touch the floor, which, which played in strategically last So question, last night. when the second guy steps in, does he immediately go after the first person? Usually, Or yeah. do they wait a little while? No, they usually just go right at it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the strategy just would curious. be, let's just chill here and not wear ourselves out correct and then team up on everybody else who gets in the ring correct and then we i mean that would be the optimal strategy but i believe in this i think it now this is confirmed after last night since edge won as entrant number one there has been as many winners in the royal rumble as the number one entry as there have been the number 30 
I mean, entry. that is statistically improbable. Think yeah. about just the endurance it takes to enter at number one. It's like and it's almost everybody fixed else. or something. Like it's almost like it's staged. Like they yeah. had the results already planned out. I love that guy on Twitter all the time. Oh, like God. yesterday, I tweeted out. I, saw. Hey, I haven't watched much WWE this year, but I'm always in for the Royal Rumble. It's super for fun. Sure. What do I need to know from people who have been watching the product? What do I need to know? First response out of the gate that it's scripted. <laughs> well, Bill, what's yeah. your favorite TV show or movie? Is it also scripted, or you do, or do you only watch cops? I only watch shows that aren't scripted. Dude. Sports and cops. It's absurd. Um, <laughs> it was it was honestly a good rumble. I usually only watch main pay per views at this point. I don't watch Raws and Smackdowns. I don't do that anymore. Um, but I, I I'm like Mackie. I can't miss the Royal Rumble. I mean, I could even make a case this is bigger than WrestleMania. Like I, in terms of can't miss event because Mania is like a five hour excursion. It's aggressive. Yeah. And and the, the you know the Rumble is about three and a half hours. Like that's not. But you can you there's lapses. You can go and make dinner and you can come back before the two main matches. Um, I really wanted Alexa. Alexa Bliss was my pick to win this year for the women's match. Uh, she's got this great new angle with the fiend Bray Wyatt, where it's like this demon. Yeah, the fiend like, is a demon. Yeah, yeah it's a demon, Judd. Okay, and it's called. Well, I'm listening. And and he's got this little funhouse character where he's kind of like Mister Rogers when he's not the demon, but like but then, evil, like like satanical, like, creepy like, Mister Rogers. Yeah, like like creepy, <laughs> really creepy Mister. And she's joined yeah. forces with him. So she's like one of the last entrants. I think she was like number 28 of the 30 women who were entered. Mm -hmm. And she gets in the ring right away, makes a big pop. But then she starts to power down and like become the evil part. Because she's the same way. She's like this fun little bubbly person. I think you lost Judd here, Dex. That's fine. No, I think think he's falling along. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. Yeah. So so she's like powering up to be demon. And then she just gets eliminated within 45 seconds of entering the Royal Rumble. You're not happy with the writing there. I, I, I didn't love that at all. So she's out that entirely. She was out. She like was, so how, how she was in the ring lo- for like sixty how do seconds. You, how do do you lose if it's chaos like this? So you, you lose by both feet going over the going over the top rope and hitting the floor. Okay. Um, but also like yeah, it, there's strategic placement on the entrance, and I thought the women's match did a really weird job of like Bailey started off, which is one of their main cogs. Bianca Belair, I think, was two who ended up winning the Royal Rumble. Like Bianca, the, Bianca Belair is like the Justin Jefferson of yes. the WWE. Oh, she, she came in as a rookie. There was some potential there, but no one really knew like, whoa, yeah. okay, she can talk on the mic. She's athletic. She's charismatic. And uh, and she won. Really, it would be like the MVP award is like right. winning the Royal Rumble. And so that was her. And so now she gets to go to WrestleMania. So the final three was Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, who is Ric Flair's daughter, Judd. Um, yep. and, and she's yep. like, she's like basically Pat, Mo- she's Tom Brady. She's Tom Brady. She's right? Tom Brady. She's Tom Brady. Don't. So you had Tom Brady. You had Justin Jefferson, and then Rhea Ripley was the third, who was also another favorite. Rhea Ripley's probably she's want, punk rock. She's kind of eclectic. Yeah, she's uh, not, she's bit, not Pat Mahomes. A uh, little, like, little unorthodox approach. I would say like a Josh Allen. She's okay. like a Josh Allen. Sure. There you yeah. go. So it's gets like, it done. Doesn't always look pretty. I yeah. would even. I mean, say, she's pretty, but like in a punk goth way. <laughs> I would say those three were your main cogs to win it. Like if you were going to pull, what three women are probably going to win the Rumble? It probably would have been Flair, who won it last year, Ripley. Or Bianca yeah. Belair, who was the fan favorite, and Bianca Belair wins it, which is good. I'm excited for it. That's great. Uh, and that the men's match, so Edge starts as number one. That's another fan favorite that people kind of picked. Like, ah, you know, it's probably going to be Edge. He made his return last year. He was out. Savvy. Nine months. He, he knows how to maneuver around the he's, other 29. He's right? really good at this kind of strategy. The optimi- Hide in the corner for a while. Act like you're hurt. Opportunist, I believe, is his is his moniker from from the guys. And he's his, the rated R superstar. And the rated R superstar. Prime, yeah. He but, once had a like. Basically, a live sex show a live on Monday sex Night Raw. It was the highest rated wow. Monday Night Raw post the wars. Um, but his buddy Christian comes back, who was tag team champs in them like 10 times. Edge and Christian, they're like one of the most infamous 
tag teams of all time. So he comes back for the first time yeah. in like 10 years, I think, in, in an official wrestling match at least. Um, it's like if Diggs and Keenum got back together. Yeah, seriously. Oh, okay. If Diggs Emotional. and Keenum came back, it'd be, it'd be insane. Yeah. So then they kind of weaned off everyone else. Edge is having this feud with Randy Orton. Um, who's Randy Orton? What's, what's the best comparison for Randy Orton? Who's like, um, a, who's like a conniving... Not Aaron Rodgers. Randy Orton's been around <laughs> for a long time, right? I would say like slightly yeah. underachieved. Aaron Rod- he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's kind of yeah, Aaron a little Rodgers. bit of a selfish guy. He's yeah, been around for a long time. Player. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. been around for. I was going to say because he's I, Aaron Rodgers. I know that name. So uh, Randy Orton injured Edge like legitimately. Uh, oh that's no! Why he was out for nine months before the Royal Rumble. So he really got hurt. So then those this is two, nine months ago. Yep. So then the, the, these two start the Royal Rumble match. Well, Edge like takes matters into his own hand before the Rumble match starts and like puts him on the announce table, jumps off the top rope, injures him. Orton has to leave. So Orton leaves the Royal Rumble match, like, right off the gate. Knee injury, man. Knee injury. Had to be helped off the, off the whatever, out of the arena. So this hour-long Royal Rumble takes place. Edge and Christian are defending people. Christian gets eliminated, and then it's the final two between Edge and who, who I'm blanking, who was the final guy before? Uh, was it Seth Rollins? Yeah, no, Seth or, Rollins. Yeah, something so, like that. So, so Seth Rollins also came back from paternity leave because he and Becky Lynch had a baby, and Becky Lynch was teasing Seth that she Rollins? was going to come back. Seth Rollins. Uh, he is— Paternity leave? Yeah, he, he, him and his wife are both like two of the most right, main stick, superstars. Okay, it's just, uh, you're, you're, you're going off track here. Keep going. But it's Seth Rollins and it's Randy Orton. Or Seth Rollins and Edge at the end of the Royal Rumble. Edge eliminates Rollins, but Orton then comes back. So Orton, who was injured in the All beginning, right, so pause, comes back. Pause, pause, So Edge thought he had won the Royal Rumble because okay. he threw Seth Rollins over the top rope, Judd. Okay. And he starts to celebrate. Momentarily, oh no! This is but he doesn't realize that Randy Orton, oh, no. who left with an injury an hour yeah. before, oh, no. never went over the top rope and touched both feet. Oh, correct. so he's not out. So this would be like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have defeated Pat Mahomes, and Tom Brady has just won another championship. But oh my God, the Saints weren't officially eliminated yet. Here comes Drew Brees, RKO out of nowhere. But Edge wound up throwing Randy Orton over the yeah, top he, rope. He still ends up getting the win. He still got the so win. So 47-year-old Edge is your uh, Royal Rumble So there winner. was time yeah. left on the clock, and we didn't know it. Yeah, Correct. basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I think the most the most exciting concept that I think would hook Judd, they had something for one of the championships that's called a last man standing match last night. Oh, yeah. That also happened. These are great. A last man standing match can only end one way, that you incapacitate your opponent so badly that he cannot answer the count of 10. And Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns fought all over the arena. They used forklifts, <laughs> handcuffs, Reigns. steel chairs. They were falling off high places. And uh, Roman Reigns eventually prevailed over Kevin Owens in this match. I'm so sick of the Roman Reigns angle. I'm so sick I've of got, I got questions. <laughs> I got questions. Sure. First of all, it seems to me to be an indictment of your your sport slash activity if you have to bring back a man who's near 50 to win oh, a key thing. He wasn't even the oldest one they brought yeah. back last night. No, but I'm saying, is this not a problem? <laughs> they brought Goldberg back. This feels very baseball. This feels very baseball It is. You know, now batting Albert Bell, followed by Manny <laughs> Ramirez. Oh, I mean, and I mean, then anyway. Barry Bonds. So, what, so this is really like, like the Royal, uh, you know, WrestleMania is the World Series. But the Royal Rumble is like a really good ALCS Game 7 or something, right? Right, yeah. And it would be like if baseball knew that, like, boy, the fact that it's a Game 7 just isn't quite enough anymore because our product is kind of stale. Right. All right, got to get Jeter back. Jeter, 
We need yep. Derek Jeter. We yep. need A-Rod. Not about it. And uh, Sammy Number Sosa. Two. Come on back here, buddy. Derek Jeter. Cork your bat as much as you want to. You can bat third. Jeter. Yes. <laughs> that's what I'm asking. It's true. Yeah, I mean, that's Declan and I talk about it all the time where they are so they, they lack the ability to create fun new storylines and why angles. Can't they, and, why can't they fi- figure out a way to do it? It doesn't seem like it would be that difficult. The I fan base is there. This is the point in the show, Declan, where we direct Judd to all of the Dean Ambrose podcasts he did yes. and Chris Jericho oh, okay. podcasts after leaving the, the question company, where they talk openly about like why the product is flawed and why gotcha. they can't do these things. Yeah. As far as former Vikings go, where does Reigns now, who was Joe... And, Anola, yes. Uh, where does he rank in the wrestling pantheon compared to Brock now, as far as popularity and being famous? I'll let Dex answer that. So that's you're asking for Roman Reigns. Is that is that who he's talking? Yeah, about? the former Vikings who yeah. like They're Vikings training played, camp. Guys. Yeah, they they both had uh, cups of coffee in training mm-hmm. camp. So you're at like what were you trying to ask though? Like in terms of the I'm Brock saying, is Reigns close to Brock now as far as being famous? for uh, wrestling. So I think the fans really despise Roman Reigns. I think they're coming around to him more. I don't think he's reached Brock's level of, of persona in the WWE yet. I really that, don't think he has. Okay. They're, they're, the WWE is trying so hard. To, they've been pushing Roman Reigns down fans' throats, essentially, for the last seven, eight years. Yeah. And it's up until really in the last year, I think fans are finally coming around just being like, all right, if this is who he is, I guess we'll accept. Like, is it's boring? also hard to tell because they're not putting fans it, in the arena, it, so honest, like they, they can't gauge what the crowd reaction it's, would it's be. It's similar to John. If you compare John Cena to like The Rock and Stone Cold, like yes, John Cena is decorated, and there's a there's a time the fans really loved him, but sure. in general, he's never he's never going to be on the Rock or Stone Cold's level in terms of being the guy in the company. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's the if de facto guy, and so is Roman Reigns, yeah. but he will never reach the the like the pillar that 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 is the Rock and Stone Cold. Yeah. All right. So uh, sh- sh- next week, should we have Judd Perfect. start to go through some of these yes. homework assignments we yes, gave him? I agree. Awesome. So, so, yeah, so we, we, uh, we've we stockpiled a list of Judd Explains Wrestling things. <laughs> give me an assignment, uh, one in particular, and we'll do that next yeah, week. You got my notes. I emailed you. You, you sent so. me notes. Yeah. Yep. Why don't you start at the top of that list, and let's have you explain to us the Montreal Screwjob oh, next week. Yes. Montreal. I'm in. I'm yeah, just go in, check maybe. that email. I sent you a link. Yep. Kind of explain. There's other things you could just search Montreal Screwjob and yep. read about it too. Okay, and then uh, we'll have Judd explain the Montreal Screwjob to us wrestling fans. Oh, It'll be super great. fun. I'm all in. So that is uh, what are we watching? Presented by our friends at TCL TVs, the studio sponsor here at Score North, and uh, that's a wrap on today's Mackie and Judd Statements Show. Don't forget Purple Daily deep dives into the Vikings every single day. Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com, and YouTube. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. 
Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.